0: The union trend in Chicago continues to grow. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and from WBEZ Chicago, this is Reset. Chicago principles are one step closer to collective bargaining. A bill granting CPS principals and assistant principals those rights was approved by the Illinois Senate late last week and now heads to Governor J.B. Pritzker's desk for final approval. To give us some background, we are talking to WBEZ Education Reporter Sarah Carp. Sarah, we've heard of teachers' unions, but not principal unions. Why are Chicago principals looking to unionize? Catch us up.
1: So the the real reason is that they want to have more of a voice. They want to be able to force the school district to listen to them on a number of issues. Now, the the principals, the Chicago Principals and Administrators Association, um, says that they are a union. And in fact, they've been a part of the American Federation of Administrators for 50, 60 years. And, and they're, um, they're local too. So they're like one of the first um, units of that organization. The thing is, is that in the seventies, something happened. I'm not exactly sure what I tried to find the history and I wasn't able to, but something happened so that they got their collective bargaining rights stripped. Um, And, you know, without, you know the the ability to call the the school district to the table and say you have to listen to us you know they they're sort of singing in the wind at the moment yeah
0: so is there any precedent for for this cuz principals we know have hiring and firing power typically that would mean that they fall under the manager category and managers by large as we know they're typically not in
1: unions right and and actually this is i think what happened in in the 70s is that when the um, Illinois educational labor law was changed or written or that there was something that said, like, managers can't have collective bargaining rights. And part of that is, too, because, you know, most managers negotiate with Chicago teachers unions. So you'd have a kind of weird situation where you have, you know, somebody negotiating with or with teachers unions. You'd have somebody who's negotiating with the teachers union who also is, is a union Um, In Chicago Public Schools, we're such a, a large district, the principals do not have that. They do not bargain with the teachers union here. So I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, this this union was able to get bargaining rights because the state legislature said, well, you know, they're not in the position of like a manager. They're more like supervisors.
0: Yeah. And we've seen this in other big cities, right? New York City. Um, Denver Philly they all already the principals there already have the right to collectively
1: bargain right right and and actually um Denver was fairly new it only um in 2020 um their their principals unionized but i i do think that that you see that in this instances where um where principals have the right to to collectively bargain that they that they are way more vocal about issues because they they don't they don't have to fear, for example, you know, being totally at will employees. Yeah. You know, they they have some rights. And, um, you know, right now, principals are often just like sort of tapped on the shoulder and told, like, you've, you've done wrong, get out. <laughs> and, you know, they don't really have that much power. Um,
0: and this bill, it's only going to pertain to the Chicago principals, right? Right, right. Not statewide. Why is that?
1: Well, I, I do think it has something to do with this idea of whether you're a manager or a supervisor that there's there's some um idea that that they're that having somebody who's negotiating for things also being a member of a union it could be a little sticky. But I, I'm not a thousand percent sure why across Illinois. They don't have that that right. I just know that Chicago has really been pushing for it, so they got it.
0: May happen eventually. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Well, let's pull another voice into this conversation. Illinois State Senator Christina Pasione-Zayas is a Democrat from Chicago, also co-sponsor of this bill, and she joins us now by phone. Hi, State Senator. Welcome back.
2: Hi. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Why did you feel that
0: this bill was important to push forward?
2: Um, oh, variety of reasons, but I think particularly right now in terms of timing, um, you know, I I think the most pronounced um, kind of issue that principals felt was during the pandemic. And, you know, there was a lot of debate about going back to in-person learning um, to, you know, pressure, obviously, where educators did not feel comfortable, communities didn't feel comfortable, but the Board of Education said, no, we're going back. So they were between this rock and a hard place. And I think that You know, what we saw during the pandemic was the most acute version of that. And so this allows them an opportunity to have a voice at the table, to not have fear of repercussion. Um, And it also, you know, I was a chief co-sponsor of this bill, but I also, I was a lead sponsor on a bill that looks at principal eligibility and creating more transparency and due process for principals. So these are kind of like complementary bills to ensure that principals are able to Focus on being instructional leaders and focus on cultivating a climate um, that yields positive outcomes for young children and not just being told what to do by the Board of Education, you know, come whether whether or not it's a good thing or it is a is a bad thing. Yeah.
0: And to that end, I would love to dig more into that day to day and and what that looks like for a principal state senator. You, You mentioned the pandemic, which was a really tough time. And I, I recall in, in Sarah's reporting, mention of principals having to do things like contact trace and that kind yep. of taking over from their primary duties.
2: Absolutely. I mean, principals, I, I've had the pleasure of working with about a dozen of them prior to um, coming into the General Assembly, working really closely. It's a thankless job. You have to do everything from, you know, doing the work of a custodian to being the instructional leader, managing your educators, to navigating um, community and politics within the community, to engaging um, families, and then, of course, you're held accountable for the outcomes of your students. And so it, it really is sort of the A to Z type of work. And then you've got, you know, district mandates that are handed down, and oftentimes, you know by individuals and entities that have never actually been in your position and having to navigate that and so in the pandemic as you mentioned they they were like the 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 czars of how to navigate all of the different guidance and rules that were coming about out about safety mm-hmm. um, and mitigation of these particular this it's very distinct and separate work than what they're actually supposed to be doing as a principal in an attendance center.
0: So if the governor does sign this bill into law, what do you see changing? What do you hope will be different when it comes to the management of schools?
2: Um, I think principals will be able to, you know, really focus on what they're supposed to do, right? And first and foremost, they are the instructional leader of the school, So they are setting the school-wide kind of vision, right? They're working really closely with their instructional leadership teams um, to ensure that that vision can be operationalized. They are advocating for the resources that they need to be able to carry out that vision. And then they're partnering with families and your local school councils and community partners and social service agencies to wrap around students for the additional supports. That's what they can focus on and not necessarily, you know, following these mandates and and also kind of living or dying by these mandates. In many ways, um, if principals did not deliver on what either their network chief or, you know, central office was telling them they had to do that would take them away from those primary functions, they would be gone.
0: And while I have you here, you're also pushing for a companion bill, one that would create more transparency around the hiring and evaluation of principles and candidates. Yep. Can you talk about that and, and just briefly also contrast with what the hiring process looks like right now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It, currently, the process has been incredibly opaque. And, you know, there hasn't been an opportunity that it, should you not be able to get through it um, for you to have some kind of recourse. So as is, state of Illinois has a very rigorous process to get um, principal licensure. And Chicago Public Schools is the only school district that adds these additional criteria in order to get through and be on what they call the principal eligibility list. So it's not enough that you have the state license. You have to go through this multi-step process. And should you not pass a particular phase, you don't get information. To understand where your quote-unquote deficiencies were, and then how you can remedy them. So what this bill is doing is now making public um, all the criteria and the scoring rubrics. It is creating a due process so that should you not pass a particular phase, you get a score report that is um, evidence-based in terms of you have to they have to provide evidence in terms of how your performance in this. Uh, this this uh, multi-step process did not meet uh, the criteria that was established in the scoring rubric. and then you are offered support to be able to kind of close the gap um, on the areas that they deemed uh, deficient. And then the other thing, just I think this is important because both of these bills too are very sensitive to the power of the local school councils and ensuring that we continue to empower our local school councils to perform their statutory function, which is one of them, is to hire and evaluate the principal. Yeah. And so this allows them to also have we the, the, the full list of um, eligible principals will now be made public. Local school councils never had that information, so they didn't have the universe of eligible candidates for them to make a very informed decision for one of our biggest levers in terms of how we support our schools with a strong instructional leader.
0: That's State Senator Christina Passione-Zayas. State Senator, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: This episode of Reset was produced by Meha Ahmed and was edited by Andrew Merriweather. Get a daily dose of Reset every morning and afternoon by subscribing to our podcasts. We'll keep you informed and entertained every day of the week. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Talk to you this afternoon.